Worthy, come sit by the fire and join us for another episode of One Shot, <laughs> One Quill, where I am the grand story keeper, Spencer, and beside me is... And I'm is, Igor. Uh, oh, God, no, we can't. No, that's copyright. That's copyright. I'm, Mary Shelley is I'm, so litigious. Uh, e- well, number one, Igor isn't in the books, but number two, I'm Igor with a silent W at the beginning. <laughs> Even worse, Doug Doug Shelley is super litigious with the Frankenstein extended universe. <laughs> that guy knew what his career was minute one. It was Aunt Mary's books. Um, for the for the trivia, the actual henchman in Frankenstein was named I think it was Franz or Fritz. Franz. It's either Franz hmm. or Fritz. Uh, hmm. I, know, I like that. I know it's FR that it ends with a Z. Frack. <laughs> Fracks. <laughs> uh, this is One Shot, One Quill, a podcast where Ben explains the premise. Yeah, uh, this is One Shot, One Quill. It's a podcast in which uh, my friend Spencer and I, I don't think you ever introduced yourself, so I was just going to take care of that. Uh, we take listener suggestions, and we take two items and one premise. We mission mash them together, and then at the end of it, we have a brainstormed one shot for someone else to go and finish, or sometimes us that one time. That's exactly right, Ben. Very diplomatic. Good work this week. <laughs> uh, we have six premises. Do you want to give me one of those? Ooh. Just roll a standard Monopoly dice from any board game. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my silent die. I got it when I was playing a rogue character. Uh, the <clears throat> premise die will be a two. Interesting. A town has been cursed with a plague caused by a magical item an adventurer brought in from a recent dungeon dive. The party is called to place the item back into a now-cleared dungeon and reset the dungeon with all its traps to prevent this item from being taken. They must also not fall victim to said traps, and they also need to find a suitable monster to inhabit the cave, either by force (laughs) or persuasion. I'm pretty sure this was Andy. I did not write down the name this time by accident. Um... So I'm pretty sure. Thank you, Andy. Now, if it Probably. was if it was by Andy, this does sound a lot like in Oblivion Quest. Does it really? I never played through that one. Um, Not all the way. One of the DLCs, there was one where you are uh, you are controlling a dungeon and really controlling the traps in a dungeon to kill adventurers that are trying to get to the end of a dungeon. That doesn't sound. Like a like something the hero of Kavach would want to do. I I don't. Well, it's in the it DLC. Like a heroic. You're being controlled the DLC by for Shoe bad Horror. boys. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have uh, the task of basically flipping a dungeon. Uh, what uh, what what items do we have here? I think we have five options this week. Well, that first one, and I really hope one of these um, could just slot right into that item you don't want people to have. Uh, one of these is going to be a four. Four. Okay. That is the Mind Muddler Stone. A smooth, intricately carved piece of granite with a copper inlay that resembles a confused humanoid face. Creatures in a certain range of this item that are not attuned to it have their proficiency bonus set to zero until they get out of range. Up to five creatures may attune to this item at the same time. For each creature, the item's range is increased by five feet. The base range with no attuned users is five feet, so self. Well, I, not self, I guess within arm's reach of the wielder. I mean, that's... Very interesting. 
That sounds like an item that if some band of adventurers came up and they were like, we found this, buy it, tavern keeper, and the tavern keeper bought it, that that would be the item that they're like, we need to put this back and keep people from getting it again. Because <laughs> suddenly, yeah. suddenly the stable hands like, I don't know how to put, uh, what are those called? <laughs> Why can't exactly. I? That's what he says. That's what he's, he's one of those. He's like, I, we don't know. I've lost my proficiency to even call a saddle a saddle. And I can't <laughs> put it on a horse either. Uh, a lack of proficiency bonus is uh, clearly aphasia. The, that's the local. Carpenter. That's what Jeremy Crawford always intended. Well, Spencer, there's a little thing called muscle memory. So I think losing your proficiency bonus means you've still got the muscle memory. You just don't know how to do the thing anymore. What, what's an I agree this is probably the thing that needs to be put back in the dungeon what is the uh what's the follow-up item um the other item is going to be a two the joker flower a colorful flower that attaches to the lapel when squeezed a puff of noxious gas sprays from the flower up to one foot the creature must succeed on a con saving throw or take 1d12 poison damage also um Forces you to live in a society. Uh, this can only be found in in Waterdeep, Baldur's Gate. This joke is going nowhere. Uh, now, so we, we got the Joker flower. Thank you, Brittany, for that. And Andy forgot to thank you for the uh, smooth brain stone. Here's the thing about the Joker flower. Is I don't think that is as much of a curse as the other one. But if someone was in my, if I was running a game and someone came up and said, oh, also, I have this magic item. I'd be like, you got to put that back wherever you found it. <laughs> right you're, now, mister. You're not allowed to have it. So is do we do we want a coin flip to see which one's truly being withheld in the dungeon? No, I think the first one makes far more sense. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So maybe maybe the uh, maybe the monster that they get to inhabit this thing uses the Joker flower. Ooh, maybe it's a clown. Maybe <laughs> maybe they hire a clown as the dungeon boss. Yeah, because the the prompt specified uh, that you're going to retrieve this either by force or persuasion. So I feel like you could definitely hire a clown to go be the new dungeon boss. So how how do we make this interesting? Because I think that it is most interesting if. It's not interesting if you're just setting up traps. It's interesting if the there is a group that then goes through it. Okay, so re repeat the question. I'm not sure. So because the way I'm seeing it is, this dungeon has already been looted and pilfered, and so now the the party is tasked, and it's maybe not even done by the same party. So I'm thinking that was already done beforehand yeah, yeah. by someone else. And so your start and go is this item is a nuisance. You need to go to the local dungeon and put it back where you found it. Put it mm -hmm. back wherever this damn thing came from. But but then part of the premise is you have to then reset up traps to keep people from mm -hmm. ever getting this item again. So Correct. I think I think that it's not fun if it's if the one shot is just go into this dungeon reset some traps leave bing bang boom it's over i think part of the one shot has to be you're in the dungeon or you know at the very least uh, i don't know maybe but you've got to experience someone running through the dungeon and setting off the traps otherwise it is not as fun 
That that I agree on, but I also think there's plenty of fun to be had in doing the the resetting of the traps so long as you actually make it D&D and do skill checks yeah. and uh, a variety of creative solutions to setting the traps back up. I'm um, I'm just saying we're going to have to come up with a whole new solution that is not D&D skill checks for this end bit. <laughs> the I I feel like that's just a you do a turn by turn and you have NPCs that are running into this thing. But I don't know, like watching something just roll a couple strength saving throws in a tunnel also doesn't seem particularly maybe, enticing to me. Maybe you flip the whole thing. Maybe then the DM does their best to go through with their little party and the players are like controlling monsters. <laughs> OK, that now that could be fun. Now that could be fun. I'm just thinking there's there's a bit of like part of the prestige of D&D is that the DM knows how all the traps work and you don't and you're running into them blind usually. So like you're not going to have that effect when the DM just watched you guys go through setting up all the traps that he made. Sure. The, there is still going to be some skill check stuff where the DM's got to roll to see if people even see mm -hmm. traps and then roll to disable traps and things like that. But right. It's just flexing that it's it's restraining that meta muscle, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I, I I like this. This is this is off the cuff enough that I like it. Um, so you'll do the opening setup is the dungeon's already been tripped. You got to go in, put the item in, rearrange the traps, survive that process, and then who the hell knows what happens to your party? But then you basically swap sides with the players. They're all controlling monster NPCs. Mm -hmm. I guess you lay out an array of clown themed monsters <laughs> for them to control <laughs> maybe there could be things like you know uh ooh, because it talked about with the you know dungeon boss guarding it maybe it's like they go to the local kobold cave and the kobolds are all like ah we'll fight you and the party's like uh 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 we're here to offer you a job <laughs> and then based okay. on how much you pay these things and then train them De determines how powerful they are in combat. So if you're just like, we want to offer mm. you a job, it's just you go stand in a different cave and that's all it is, then it's just a bunch of CR one-fourth kobolds with their fists and they're just punching people. But if you're like, we're going to give you all 10 gold, because kobolds don't need that much gold, 10 gold, we're going to give you weapons. We've got a fighter here. The fighter's going to train you on how to use these weapons. Suddenly, all the players are controlling CR2 kobolds that all have How are you imagining the budgeting process here? Like, how much how much spending allowance do they get? Because um, it's a one-shot. Are they going to start with a set amount? Or is this money that they earn having gone in and, like, went through the dungeon as janitors and found the hidden corners and stuff with little treasure caches. I, I think it's got to be both, right? So they okay. get, they're given, like, just for references sake, they're given 100 gold. And in the dungeon, they can find another 150 gold, maybe. But I, like, also, I like that. Beca but, well, also, if I may, the, the spending allowance they get at the start could also help with them buying materials to completely make new traps. Here's, I think, the way that has to work. It's, you you've got to use the money... And this is going back to uh, old 90s Dungeon Keeper games. The money is split between three expenses. Hiring minions to guard mm -hmm. the, uh, the dungeon. Hiring someone to build traps and the money to build traps. And then the rest of the money you're using to 
buy rewards and stuff to make the dungeon more enticing and make the traps more enticing. Because if you just have a hallway that ends at a dead end that has 50 traps in it, no one's going to go into it. But if you have a hallway that has a big chest full of gold at the end of it, people are going to risk their lives to get to that uh, gold at the end of that hallway. It, it just occurred to me that like by going hyper lethal on the dungeon design, it's it feels like you don't have everyone's best interest in mind <laughs> by taking this. Take this rel- relic back. It's ruining everyone's lives here. It's making us all smooth-brained. Go make a hyper-lethal death <laughs> trap to hide it in. I want anyone who even thinks of it to fucking perish. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe part of it is that, you know, if you got a bard, they've got to weave a compelling enough story to keep the kids in the town <laughs> from going into that dungeon. Making sure that only the biggest pieces of shit are the ones that are willing to go in there. Sure, okay. <laughs> That's I okay. I'm I'm loving this. I'm I loving mean, this. Can you give me some examples of like uh, uh, maybe some traps that have already been sprung and ways that you can risk life and limb to reset them and or enhance them? I mean, I think you got some of them because. The the thing I think with the traps that you've got to run up against is that some of them are single use and some of them are resetting like mm-hmm. saw blades in the floor. Those can reset. But, you know, just a standard log on a string and a trip wire. That's a one and done. Any right. Either your you know minions then have to go and reset it, which is going to cost the minions lives and you'd better be paying them good money to do that. Or it's just done and the next adventurers don't have to deal with it. One of them that we don't typically get into the nitty gritty of every mechanic, but something that just came to my mind was if you say you have a a tripwire trap um, that leads to a falling block, um, just a big, big falling ballast weight that comes right down on your head. To reset that, you could have a, a party member who feels bravest uh, dedicate like two to three rounds of trying to hold the thing up back in place meanwhile someone goes and reties the mechanism that was holding it up mm-hmm. so it's on like a little timer of just the longer it takes to successfully re-rig the tripwire uh the the more risk you are of that thing just slipping out from under your grip and crushing you also maybe there is a time limit that your thing with a uh, time limit there made me think maybe there is a time limit of getting this dungeon set up like oh yeah because maybe word is already spread mm-hmm. around Okay. So maybe you've got a matter of four or five days to even set up all this stuff. And retrofitting traps is going to take time. Uh, I think there's like 90 different... (laughs) We've essentially... Again, I think we have just stumbled into making uh, one shot that is the old Dungeon Keeper PC game. (laughs) It's making me want to play that now. It's making me want to play Dungeon Keeper as well. I think you don't excavate... The, tr- the dungeon's already there. You don't have to excavate the dungeon at all. Um, no, 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 no. But I think, you know... And there's also got to be some element of it that there are rewards in the dungeon that the party can get. But if they want the rewards in the dungeon to use that money to then make the dungeon better, they've got to go through the dungeon themselves, risking Mm -hmm. setting off traps, which they don't want to do. They want the traps to be there. But also, you know, they might end up finding things that they're like, hey, 
we should just leave this here. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, maybe elements of it that you can like you can take some of the treasure and if it's off the beaten path, you could have incentive to relocate it, like say move it towards a more obvious line of sight. You could also do it where you conscript the gang of kobolds and they come out and say like, you know, hey, we'll 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 come in and and um if you find anything in there that you're willing to give us, you we can offer you a few extra services. You know, maybe they they know that there's probably shit left over in there, and if you mm-hmm. can get it for them, then you can get shit that you. Because rather than going and looting the dungeon, going back to town, and going back to the dungeon, you could do it all in one trip. Just have the whole gang of workers following you, waiting for a an upgrade on their package. <laughs> also, if you uh, if you separate off one of the rooms, get it get a stonemason in there to put it behind a hidden wall. And then put like some barracks in there for the kobolds that increases their morale and they fight better. Yeah. I. What else? Is there anything else that we got here? Because I think this is just a I think this is just a solid idea. Let's throw out some other things that could be around because we've got kobolds. Kobolds are easy. You just pay them more. Bing, bang, mm-hmm. boom. They'll be in your dungeon instead of the cave or whatever they were living in. Um, goblinoids are an easy one too. You've got goblins, hobgoblins, bugbears, etc. All, all that obviously is fairly low challenge. So, mm-hmm. like, is there a minotaur in the surrounding woods where it, there's, you know, what do minotaur? Mm. What are minotaurs attracted to? I was gonna uh, say mi- gold, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Minotaurs are attracted, uh, uh, I believe, to the magnetic poles because they can't get lost. <laughs> so, what's a better thing than a minotaur? What's attracted? Well, to- I mean, minotaur is a classic uh, uh, dungeon monster, but but there's there's undead, like say an undead minotaur. There's mm. uh, beholders. Beholders are are attracted to dens of like various magic, you know, kitsch, right? So maybe you, if you had, depending on what level the party is, you make it, you know, you throw a bunch of magic items into a pile uh, and just wait a couple days and then a beholder wanders in. and (laughs) Uh, Likewise, big piles of treasure also attract dragons. Yeah, but dragons too... I mean, you unless think it's, it's too a, big, unless it's a baby. Dra- if you could get a baby, ooh, what that, if it's a big dungeon? Though? That's a good. What if, like, you can if you put all of the gold, if you put all, maybe let's say not all, let's say a hundred and fifty of the gold into a pile at the end of the dungeon, it will attract a baby dragon, and then okay. so long. As the initial party does not get in and kill that baby dragon, you could essentially rest assured that that dragon will survive throughout the rest of the time. And that's essentially, that's the total win. If that dragon is in there, you're good. I got one more. I got one more that's okay. really, okay. This is a, this is a, a real fucking brain teaser for how to even catch the thing. A basilisk. Ooh. Because that's a whole ordeal in and of itself to catch it without looking mm-hmm. at it, to cage it, transport it to the dungeon, all without being turned to stone yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Maybe a, maybe it's like, you know, do you want to get a cockatrice? That's going to be easy. You just throw it in a bag. Sure. 
they, you get a bag and you throw it over the cockatrice and then you put it at the end. And it's still a bit of a challenge, but, you know, it, it's not a great dungeon boss. Exactly. Or, or you can, I don't know, use meat. Although I think, I think basilisks eat stone. They eat, I believe so. They, yeah, well, they yeah they they turn things to stone, and then that's that's their snack as they go take it back to their lair. So and eat. so if you want the basilisk, you've got to get the cockatrice anyway, and then use that to petrify some meat, and then use the petrified meat <laughs> to lure the basilisk in. Brilliant, brilliant. Otherwise, Do you know if cockatrices have that same effect? Like with basilisks, it, if this is neither here nor there, but if you get turned to stone. Um, by a basilisk usually you have a decent chance of being cured if you can kill said basilisk and harvest its stomach acid because like mm -hmm. it's petrifying the statue food with like a layer of stone and then its stomach acid breaks down the stone and then it eats the meat inside do you know if a cockatrice would have the same effect as like a backup cure in case you fuck up with basilisk <laughs> um I don't know. I don't think so. I think you, you know it's a one shot. You shouldn't even need a backup cure. You're just part of the dungeon now. Sorry. <laughs> this is what you get for looking at the map, seeing the big skull and crossbones, and then saying, "Yeah, we're going to get it, that thing." It's actually a good point. It's a one shot. So if your players' characters die while setting it up, it really—I mean, if you're running it as just a one shot, it really does not matter. Like, sure, sure, they don't. If it's part of a grander campaign or whatever, then it will matter to them that their characters have died. But if their character dies, then it's just, you know, lessening their ability to prepare the dungeon in the end. I like how this sounds like a realization strictly for this one shot, when in fact the same could be said of every one shot we've ever come <laughs> no. up with. If your characters die, who cares? It's just this once. <laughs> Tell them to fuck off to the back porch. <laughs> I'm just, well, Except but, this one is the added benefit of they can play minions at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that you get still the end experience, the big, you know, experience at the end of the one shot. You still get it even if your character dies. You know what, I'll extend, you know what, why... It, this doesn't even have to be one shots. DMs, if your players die in a campaign, it's just a game. Fuck it. Tell them to go home. <laughs> you don't have to let them keep Kyle, playing. Kyle, you're out. <laughs> your character <laughs> died. Just go home. <laughs> All right. What do we call this one? Um, <laughs> you can't. It can't be Dungeon Master. For some reason, I wanted to call it just like a. Uh, <laughs> What popped into my head was off-brand Dungeon Master, and then I thought, ah, minions and magic items. I, it, hear me out, flip that pit. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> it's like flip that house, you know, like we're going into a shitty flipper and we're turning it back into a real dungeon you can live in that you can sell for a profit. <laughs> Dungeon That's the other thing. When this is all said and done, you do sell it to the clown and he Spencer. gives you a, a loan. Spencer, dungeon flipper. <laughs> dungeon flipper. I'm in for dungeon flipper. Or I'm in uh, for dungeon flipper. And then the clown has to buy it on a subprime mortgage at the end. <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Shot, One Quilt. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, we appreciate everyone that has rated and reviewed us already. Uh, ben, if people want to suggest items or premises like these... How can they do that? Yeah, uh, if they want to suggest some premises or items, then they can go and find us on Twitter at DNDPod. That is D-N-D-P-O-D. 
Um, and they can either direct message us or tag us or whatever they want. Just make sure we see it. We'll see anything. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, our theme song is Alatavera del Goulier by Morgan the Bard. Spencer, it's our 29th episode. Do you have anything to promote? <laughs> yes, Ben, I do. I give you uh, permission it- this one time. If you guys want to uh, uh, see a little more tabletop content, uh, I do tutorials for VTTs, such as Roll20 and Foundry and so on and so forth. Uh, you can find those on my YouTube channel. It's just Spencer Faust. I'll throw a link to it in the description. And uh, yeah, I have uh, uh, one episode out on building maps and VTTs, and I have a two and a third part to it coming out soon. Yeah, I've watched them. <laughs> That's that, that's that, the endorsement on the box. That's my endorsement. I have I've watched, watched them. them. Roger Ebert. I, I already know all this stuff, but I have watched them still. That sounds more like an endorsement and less vague. I like that. <laughs> uh, also, I'm going to promote that the Twitter has stuff on it. That's not just show promotion. If you want to look at that. Yes, we're doing Monstober, uh, where Ben is making a stat block off of the uh, 30 different premise suggestions like tusked or candy yeah. and so on and so forth i'm getting the ones done that i get done <laughs> that's I, the review I, that i put on the front he's getting uh, the ones done that he gets done i have not done all 30 i think i've skipped a couple days but well no because it's only the 11th day of october why would you have <laughs> it's like do you also open the advent calendar and eat everything on day 10 i normally open the advent calendar and eat everything on day 25 <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> it's too late to redo this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well then play the outro. I'm going to go play Dungeon Master. some of the other house flipper <laughs> i'm not gonna do this joke because i'm not gonna sit here and look up the house just imagine we can't do this every episode <laughs> we can't we I, can't go to imdb and look at every I just cooking want, show i want the listener to imagine that we're sitting here and we're coming up with some real um real good house renovation show buds that's what i want that's what you want them to think mm-hmm but, like, we're going to edit it out so we don't do it anyway. But you want them to think that's where we No, went. I want you to uh, leave me saying that in. Bye.